A lot of people will ask me, well, what does this mean to you? What does that mean to you? And I'll tell them what I actually like about talking about my art with other people is actually hearing what they get out of it. I had an American flag. I will say that that probably is one of the most talked about pieces because it's a flag that kind of looks like it's bleeding and it says, make America great again. And again, it's crossed out. Personally, I don't feel like America was really ever great for anyone except for maybe white men because even white women experience discrimination. I feel like a lot of people relate to that piece because instead of trying to make America what it used to be, because old America wasn't good for my culture. So I feel like we should make America great, period. And a lot of people feel that way. My stage name is Jessie Marie. I am a visual artist, and you are listening to the Genesis Collective Podcast. On episode nine, we present our fourth, but not last installment of our Black Creatives in Beaver County interview series. The Genesis Collective's resident filmmaker, Christopher Paget, talks with artist Jessica Jeffries about what art and creativity mean to her, as well as what it means to create art for those who appreciate her particular vision of the world. Jessica goes by the name Jessie Marie, and you might see her art signed this way around the county, such as hanging in the Uncommon Grounds Cafe in Aliquippa. There, Jessie has also taken the stage in spoken word events, delivering some powerful word art that often expresses her vision of the Black experience. In the show notes to this episode, you'll find a link to Jessie Marie's performances recorded live on stage at the Uncommon Grounds Cafe. And stick around after the interview. Pamela Rossi Keen joins us again to talk about the Genesis Collective's Being Black in Beaver County Art Initiative and what a great success it's been for local black creatives to share their art and artistry with Beaver County. You can meet the artists and see some of these submissions in person at the Culminating Art Exhibit coming up on November 19th. Check out the show notes for more details about the art exhibit. And last, as we always do in the podcast, we highlight a work of public art in the county. This episode's feature preserves a bit of history in the little borough of Homewood Junction. I'm Kevin Farkas, one of the hosts of the podcast. Now let's get back to our conversation with Jesse Marie. I am from Penn Hills, Pennsylvania. I graduated there. I decided in 2013 to take a painting class. And uh, after that, I posted a few paintings online and people decided that they wanted to buy them. And I was kind of surprised by that. So I started to sell them. And once I started doing that, my grandfather actually stated that I should start a business. So I actually graduated last year with my business degree and my entrepreneurship certificate. And I've been doing painting since about 2013. And right now I'm the CEO of Imprinted by Jesse, and I just specialize in paintings, prints, and candles. Uh, and I do a little bit of spoken word as well. And those are the mediums that I'm specializing in currently. Probably when I was about three, I uh, made art for my family. 
been, and they've been telling me my entire life that I should take it serious. And I'm like, ah, oh, artists don't make money. But I do have a different perspective on that now. Uh, and they do, as long as you put the work into it, just like being a doctor, um, it takes 12 years of school. It takes time and energy to be an artist as well. I would say that as a child, I did more singing, poetry, and drawing. Um, whereas now I do more poetry, painting, and I actually make candles, and I've been doing that for about the last five years. When you were young, what do you think it was about creating art or doing things that are creative that appealed to you? When I was young, it was probably the same thing that it is now. It was an expression. Any feelings that I had, I'm not the best at expressing myself verbally, and art was an escape. So I was able to put my feelings and expressions um, into my art, whether that was through song, whether that was through poetry, painting, drawing, dancing, pretty much anything artistic. It's kind of funny because just throughout my life, honestly, I've felt like I've always been connected to art. I would say that things kind of clicked as far as taking it serious, um, maybe about eight years ago, whenever I actually sold my first painting. And it showed me that I could actually take it to the next level and truly make a business out of it. Could you talk a little bit about what types of things you paint? It's weird because I would say, I guess I'm a surrealist, so I kind of mix reality with fiction, but I don't typically just draw like realism. So I would say I kind of play on the borderline of that. It's kind of funny because I never really know what I'm gonna paint if I'm just expressing until it's done, if that makes sense. You're like in an act of discovery as you're making it, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I guess I would say that like I, I'm not exactly sure what I'm gonna paint until uh, the painting is, is finished. I never really take a canvas unless someone were to say, hey Jess, or hey Jesse, I, I want you to do this specific thing, which I can do. If you ask me to do a specific thing, I can do that. Um, but if you do give me the option to be just unapologetically creative, I never really know exactly what you're going to get until it's done. So typically, I'm just as surprised with the painting as you are. If you wouldn't mind, like, kind of walking through, like, what that looks like to start a piece or, or whatever that right. looks like for your process. So there have been times when I have pulled out a canvas and I've started the painting and I've finished it a few hours later and that was the painting. Um, there have been times when I've started a painting years back um, and I finished it years later because, you know, I just didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with that piece. Um, I've had people ask me to do a specific theme. I actually have a painting hanging up at Uncommon Grounds, and they wanted me to do a theme with wrenches, and I wanted to include coffee because, you know, that's one of the things that they specialize in. And I was able to somehow create a painting that symbolized coffee, progression, and the wrench as well, to go with the other paintings that they had hanging up next to it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I've also had someone ask me to paint the struggle of a Black woman, and I'm like, well, what do you mean? I mean, everybody has a different struggle, uh, despite your race, age, or any of that. Um, and she was like, whatever it is that you feel, you know, the typical Black woman goes through on a day-to-day -day basis, whatever their struggle is, that's what I would like you to put on the painting. And I actually like when people allow me to just do what it is that I feel because then I could just provide you, you know, what is in my mind instead of what's in yours. But I do enjoy those as well. It's just that I definitely like being, you know, 
completely 100% creative with that too. What did you wind up doing with that one? Um, so I actually had a black girl looking in a mirror and she had her hand up on the mirror um, and she had uh, chains on her arms and legs and her hair is curly. And in the mirror, the reflection was her as well, except she was white and she had straight hair. And I feel like a lot of times being black in America, they don't want us to be who we are. They would like us to shape ourselves to look more like other races where we have straight hair and fairer skin. I mean, we can't help how we're born, but I will say that I think that that's one of the struggles of being Black in America, especially being a woman. So going back to kind of like the surrealism thing, what do you think it is that draws you to to surrealism? I've done abstract paintings. I've done surrealism paintings. I've done Uh, realistic paintings. I've done all kinds of paintings, but I would say that, I don't know, in my brain, I I have a very imaginative brain. So I kind of look at reality, I guess, as a cartoon, in a sense. So it's it's cool that when I paint, I can kind of mix reality with fiction. I think I just, I like maybe the escaped aspect of it, kind of the same reason as why I like to draw or do anything artistic. Even like poetry and things like that, too? With my poetry, I would say that it's pretty raw, actually. So my poetry is actually very different from my painting. Uh, With my poetry, I'm very direct. I am very open. Um, It's very real, very raw. It's um, not fictional at all. I feel like maybe I could just express myself differently with each medium, different aspects of who I am. Do you have a favorite poem you've written? I do, actually. It's called Shots Fired. It's kind of brutal, but uh, it was shortly after uh, George Floyd was killed. I just I felt very connected to that, and it just made me think of my brothers and my family members who are men and how I would feel if they were in that situation. And uh, I would say that poetry is probably one of the ways that I am able to express myself and get out my darkest feelings without actually doing anything that, you know, could harm me or anyone else or um, my freedom or anything like that. Did you perform that? So for uh, the My Story show that I did last year, I actually performed Black. And that one, I don't know, I was just up at three in the morning and it was shortly after Kobe Bryant and his daughter passed. You know, they didn't die from anything, you know, racist or anything like that. Um, But I was just up and just the different things that have been taking place with police brutality and um, things like that, it was just on my heart, so I wanted to write it. So I was oddly inspired by that, but they really didn't connect with one another. But that was the poem that I actually uh, performed at the My Story event. I think I remember that one. That was where, like, you kept kind of, like, saying that word in between different verses and stuff. So Shots Fired, I guess, could kind of look like the part two of Black. Hmm. Um, And it was more uh, graphic than Black. I would say that uh, Black came from a very inspirational place, and Shots Fired came from a very angry place. Hmm. So they were written with two different emotions. 
I would say those two poems are probably a lot of people's favorites. Have, have there been other like uh, artists or different artworks that have kind of influenced you? It's kind of funny, but my siblings were actually artists as well. And I would say that my biggest inspiration when it comes to art would probably be my siblings. A lot of what I do, I'll go to them for their advice. You know, I'll see their paintings. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I want to kind of do something kind of similar to that because we all have various different styles. I think we can all help each other grow. So I would say my biggest inspiration as far as other artists go would be my uh, siblings. Do you have thoughts around art and community? I do, actually. I was a part of uh, Level Up Studios uh, or as a central movement last year uh, during the pandemic. Uh, they were one of the places that were on the um, brink of being closed down due to the pandemic. And there were a lot of things like the grocery store and things that we obviously need um, that, you know, were like, well, this is essential. And they, I tried to get a grant for that and they were skipped up by other places. So we actually raised money um, and I donated art. A lot of artists actually came together to raise money to keep the studio open because we do a lot of uh, children's classes. There's a lot of adult classes. And I really think that they're a big um, movement in our community. And I think it's a safe place for artists to go to, whether it's just to hang out, whether it's to draw, paint, dance, um, sing, act. Uh, they have all kinds of art that they teach there. And I just feel like expressing yourself is definitely important. And I feel like it's one of the things that are um, forgotten about often. Uh, whereas, you know, the things that we absolutely need, like you need a job, you need a car, you need a house. Those are the things that people automatically think of about things being essential. But I, I feel like art is just as essential. To be able to express yourself and... to Yeah, definitely to be able to express yourself. I, I feel like art is, is very essential. It's just as essential as, you know, going to the grocery store or, you know, putting gas in your car because I don't really know who I would be without art. With my art being seen or anyone's art being seen, just as if important as it was for me to create that and get those feelings and emotions out, I feel like you know, maybe someone buying that piece or having that piece are able to relate to that um, just as much, if not more, than I was. And through my art that I could maybe help somebody get through their tough time or, you know, maybe it would bring them comfort. And, you know, even if they aren't able to express themselves artistically, by me being able to, maybe they're able to feel some sort of comfortability by having my art in their home or even just around them. That's cool. Have you had that experience yet? I have. I have sold probably a minimum of 10 paintings. It's the reaction that I love. And I always get a great reaction, and I really pay attention to the expressions that I get from other people whenever they're um, given their piece. Um, and it, it makes me feel good to get the pictures where people have them up in their home, and I pay attention to the room that they put them in. Um, I had a gentleman that put one in his office. Um, I had a gentleman that put one in his uh is a man cave. Uh, so to me, those are places that you spend a lot of time in. To have that there, that makes me feel good at the end of the day. Uh, sometimes in Beaver County here, it seems like there's a lot of creative people doing stuff in their basement or like they're kind of like working on stuff. Mm -hmm. What would that feel like, you think, to be like around a, a bunch of artists and see all those different, all those different things that came out of them? What would that feel like to you? 
to walk around in a room and see different artists doing different things, it would make me happy, honestly. Yeah, that's cool. Is there any other like things you want to share about art or art and community or, or anything like that that you feel like you didn't say? Or, or your story, um, I guess. I can't really think of too many things that I would like to say. Um, I will say that my grandparents were probably the biggest inspiration that I had, I did have. Um, my grandma's always been the person that was, you know, she actually was one of the people that did support me as a child. And she's like, you know, you can do anything that you put your mind to. So I feel like I've always kind of had her in my ear until she passed. Um, and same with my grandfather, um, except he was more, get your degree be a doctor, do this. And then um, actually shortly before he passed, he saw the business aspect of it. And he encouraged me and, and thought that I was meant to be a leader and to encourage other people to be themselves and that he felt like I should keep going. And I will say that out of most inspirations, my grandparents are probably the biggest inspiration that I have. And I want to be that to someone else. You've been listening to artist Jessie Marie. We want to thank Jessie for sitting down with us recently to record her thoughts and reflections about art and being an artist. Soon you'll be able to read Jessie's story from today's episode in our online publication called Featured Artists, Stories to Tape. Look for the book on the Genesis Collective Podcast page. There you can read the stories and see photos of all our guests appearing on the show. Hello, Pamela. Welcome back to the show. It's been a while since we've talked about the Genesis Collective on the podcast, but the last time you were on, we talked about this very exciting opportunity for creatives in Beaver County, and that is the Genesis Collective's Being Black in Beaver County Art Invitational. And if I remember correctly, the first call for submissions went out in early August, and the deadline was September 30th. Now, that's not a lot of time, of course, but the interest is really good, wasn't it? It was. I was thrilled. We got about 20 submissions, and they were so varied. We had things from art quilting, mini docs, paintings that, you know, maybe you would expect to receive something like that, but photo montage, fashion photography. I mean, it was crazy. Um, and they were high quality, so I was really happy with the response. Wow. Who knew? I know. Now, that's, really, that's diverse art, and I, mm -hmm. I want to go back for a second here to this term of creatives. Mm -hmm. Now, I that that's always throws me a little bit because we often just hear about artists. Yeah. Could you talk about that a little bit, why that term is used? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a meandering story. I'll try to, to make it concise. Um, I've said from the very beginning that I believe, and I want to promote this through the Genesis Collective, and I really think we're like-minded as a group, that creativity is our birthright. And we all have something in us that wants to create and to make new and to repurpose. Um, so when we say the word artist, sometimes that feels to people like a very select and maybe snooty group of people who have formal training and know about Renoir and Leonardo da Vinci. And so, you know, the Genesis Collective is about all people who create. That's really in the charter. We got our grant funding and our start because we were committed to building a network, a diverse network of artists. And what ended up happening was because we kept using the terminology artist, we were getting a pretty white group of creators. 
that's great. This is for everybody. But we wanted it to be representative of everybody who's creating. I spoke with people who were really generous with their time to talk to me about creating in their experience as a black person in Beaver County and the networks of people that um, that our terminology wasn't reaching. And a couple of them, a couple of the people said, you know, you're using the word artist, and that just doesn't resonate with people. We make stuff. I'm creating. My friend is creating, but I'm never going to be an artist in that way. And so it just hit me that we have to be able to change terminology to make sure it is reaching truly the diverse group of makers that that we wanted to. So we use the term creative. And I'm telling you, the people who came out to our information sessions, we had cake decorators and praise dancers. And I was just thrilled because that worked. And they were excited about it. Wow, that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Re- reshaping the mindset here. For sure. Around this activity of, of expressing oneself through all these different media. Yeah. Right. And as you said, the, the submissions for this invitational at spoken word and poetry uh-huh. and photography, painting, illustration, uh-huh. right, filmmaking, dance, there was a book author, yeah. and quilting, fabric art, uh-huh. fashion, shoe art. It's all creative work, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's what we want to do because if, I mean, some of those people are, some of those people like to make things and it just feels good to make things and they feel good about their product. And I say product as in something you produce, but not necessarily sell. Others of them are, you know, hand designing shoe. Again, you mentioned the shoe artist. She paints shoes and sells them. They're custom shoes. It's a business. You know, that's part of our our mission really is when to support artists is not just to say, oh, that's pretty nice job. It's to say your work has such value that I want to pay you. I want to compensate you for the time it took to make this thing. And so we want to support the businesses of artists too. Yeah, you're talking about Eileen Bradley. She was featured on our last episode. Yeah. And she talks about creating the shoes <laughs> as an art. It's a business. Yeah. But it's an art, but it is this creative outlet yeah. that really sort of helps her process the world and you know gives her a form of expression. And also, and this was really interesting to me, she does a service for people who perhaps lost a loved one. Mm-hmm. And she will put a portrait uh-huh. on those shoes or some sort of in-memoriam artwork on those shoes for people who have passed. And that's just a fascinating dimension to all of this. And you know what else about that? She takes something mundane. Almost everyone you see is wearing something on their feet. And um, she takes this something that seems mundane and she reframes it. And I mean, that just throws you off as the observer enough to let possibility in. To me, that's just a party. The quilter's the same way, you know? Everyone has a blanket on their bed, not like this, you know? (laughs) It just reshapes how you, reframes how you think about something that's just, you you don't even look at anymore otherwise. Right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the theme of this invitation and it was being Black in Beaver County. From all the submissions that you've seen, what resonates with you? Well, certainly the winners, but those three were not the only ones that really, really had a response from the judges. The Genesis Collective did not judge these pieces. We had nothing to do with that. We had people who work in um, creative fields from Allegheny and Beaver County, painters and hip hop artists and theater design people. And 
some of the themes that really resonated had to do with, you know, really pairing the artwork and the artist's statement, which was supposed to talk about why does this represent being black in Beaver County? The idea was to provoke any response because you know, being Italian-American in Beaver County is my experience, right? So it's personal to me. My brother might have a very different one. So that's what we wanted out of framing it like this. Like, you have an experience, artist, creative, of being Black in Beaver County. Whatever that means to you, is that does that mean rich community? Does that mean being ostracized? Does that mean being triumphant, having a great school experience, having a really crappy one? Whatever it means to you, represent that somehow through your craft. Um, And that's what we saw through, again, that wide range of submissions. I was struck by reading Latonia Owens' artist statement. She came in number two in this invitation. And, you know, she was recognizing uh, the role that sports plays in the lives of children in Uh the schools. And football, primarily, was, you know, the number one sport that everyone seems to uh, resonate around. But she took a different tack. She said, hey, you know what? There are other sports that black kids in the county aspire to. And she profiled a young girl who who is a gymnast. Yeah, and what was neat about that, you know, this is just in the wake of the Simone Biles craze leading up to the Olympics, and then when she claimed her own mental health, uh, it really made that a priority and withdrew from competition at the Olympics. But there is somebody, I mean, we hear this over and over again, Kevin, that if you don't see yourself in something, it's really hard to strive toward that goal. And Simone Biles has provided for the black community. I mean, I know that's, you know, this is not a monolith, but little girls, little black girls who want to be gymnasts, something to aspire to and something really lofty. And so LaTanya highlighted a little girl. And I'm pretty sure I saw Linmar in the background, a community housing development in Aliquippa. And she's just working on her her skills in her backyard. And she's wearing her red, white, and blue leotard. But just you could see the determination in her face. It not only highlighted her skills, but, you know, that term physiognomy that really means not just your facial features, but the soul behind you, you know, behind your face. And she did a great job. Now, LaTanya has, I mean, she, she, if you follow her on Facebook, she has a business doing wedding photography and senior pictures. She she takes beautiful pictures, but this really was different and she nailed it. So it was, it was really, um, it was delightful. And I was glad that um, she was recognized for it. I I love what she says, um, talking about the young girl. She says, no one knows about her. Yeah. And sadly, due to the resources and opportunities for black students in the area, Uh they may never know about her. So she says, I decided to capture her in her backyard practicing. She wants to become a gold medalist one day. And her mother told me her middle name is actually Simone. Yep. So yeah, that's great. Uh That's great. Well, there's so many of these entrants. Yeah. And in a future episode of the podcast, we're going to take a little bit uh, of a deeper dive and profile some of these uh, entrants. But the Genesis Collective is actually going to celebrate all the entrants at an upcoming event, right? All of them. Yes, we are. So Friday, the 19th of November is when uh, we will have an event from seven to nine at the Upper Room in Midland. It's on Ohio Avenue. It's right next door to the center. It's going to be a great space and a great time. We're going to have refreshments and uh, drinks and finger food and um, really just 
have an opportunity to watch the short films and the mini docs and the vocal performances. We're going to have some of our spoken word artists perform and we're just going to get to experience this art. You know, in Beaver County, this is new. We do have the Performing Arts Center, the Lincoln Park Performing Arts Center, um, but we do not have opportunities to really just have a gallery experience right here in one of our mill towns. It's about beauty, it's about creativity, and we're celebrating. This is a party for the creators who handed us their work and trusted us with their work, and we just can't wait for the public to get to see it. Well, I certainly think this event will do justice to uh, all the creators who took the time to submit. Yeah. Now, some submitted works that they had done previously, and some also yeah. created works just for this event. Tyrese Riggins, for example, yes. who's a singer, yeah, he, this, uh-huh. this actually inspired him to uh, express himself as someone growing up in Beaver County. So this is going to yeah. be a great show. It's going to be a great event. And thank you so much for organizing this and putting this together. It's been my pleasure, really. And if you want more information about the art exhibit coming up on November 19th, you could write hello at gcollective.org and contact the Genesis Collective on Facebook as well. All right, great. Thanks. On each episode, we feature a different piece of public art in Beaver County, from painting to sculpture, from grand to demure, from serious to silly. Public artworks are significant expressions about who we are and what we care about. They commemorate people, places, events, and causes. And sometimes, public art recognizes history. For this episode, we take a look at a mural of the St. Cloud Hotel, painted on the side of a house in Homewood, Pennsylvania. That little railroad community nestled against the Pennsylvania Turnpike, perhaps best known now for having the Buttermilk Falls nature area, which includes an impressive 40-foot-tall cascade of water crashing down on a creek bed of natural sandstone, which, by the way, was quarried back in the day and used in many of Western Pennsylvania's iconic bridge piers and buildings built in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. But Homewood, sometimes informally referred to by its original 1859 name of Homewood Junction, is perhaps best known for being a bustling railroad town. At the center of everything was the well-known Johnston House, located against the tracks that carried passengers between all points from the south, Pittsburgh, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, and all points north, Erie, Cleveland, Detroit, Chicago. Before the Johnston House would become the St. Cloud Hotel and then Valley Inn, it started as the original train station built in 1852. That was 169 years ago. The building still stands, barely. It won't be long now until it falls over and is swept away by a community ridding itself of an old eyesore. But back in the day, the old St. Cloud Hotel was a delightful site situated prominently, mere yards from the rail lines. Festive but simple, small but appearing grand. We often see photographs of the hotel adorned with red, white, and blue banners, a bright patriotic place to stop and dine. 
But when the 1901 funeral train of assassinated President McKinley slowly rounded the tight Homewood Bend towards Canton, Ohio, the St. Cloud Hotel was probably covered in black morning bunting. Large crowds of silent and solemn citizens lining the hotel grounds and spacious veranda. That old hotel has seen a lot over the years. And think of all who have seen that little hotel on their train journey through Beaver County. If you want to see what the old St. Cloud Hotel looked like in its heyday, we encourage you to take a trip to Homewood at the corner of State Street and 3rd Avenue. You'll see the mural, which is our public art highlight for this episode. It's a wonderful artistic reminder of our shared history. That does it for this episode of the Genesis Collective Podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes featuring local Beaver County artists, more art talk, news and events about the Genesis Collective, and our spotlight on more public art throughout the county and in your community. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the Genesis Collective Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And visit us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and our website, gcollective.org. I'm Kevin Farkas. See you next time. You are listening to a production of the Genesis Collective, supporting local artists and their work, making art more accessible, and putting art back into our communities. What I want you to know above all is that the Genesis Collective is about you. It's about our community. It's about something that is crucial to who you are as a human being. It taps into a power that we don't realize we have. Artists are making things. This is who they are and what they want to do. Please dream with us, get involved.